fasten your seatbelt. I'm taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. It is the 30-something movie podcast Patreon exclusive episode for To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, came out in 1962, so it is reaching, uh, what number is that? Is that 60? 60th anniversary for this one? Yeah, 60th anniversary for this one. So um, I have, actually, we have the entire crew here tonight for this uh, Patreon special. Um, we have, let's see, Jeff, I'm, I'm going in, in order of how I see you in my window here. So, uh, Jeff, how's it going? I don't mean to be in your window, but hey, it's going, man. It's good to see you guys. It's good to see you too. Uh, let's see, Dennis, how's it going? Great, man. Great. Good. Uh, Bo in his, uh, captain's ready room. Ready to rock and roll. There we go. And uh, I was going to say Pat is here too, and normally Pat would fall asleep, but I think he just lost his Zoom connection. So Pat will be back here with us here in just a minute. Pat should be here. Can you hear me okay? Oh, Pat is here. Somehow I lost Pat you on my here. screen. Oh. You probably well, have it set to not, to not show not video Oh, I, I bet that's right. I bet. See, Pat turned off his video so he wouldn't know. I wouldn't know if he's falling asleep. Well, see, I'll uh, I'll just keep ta- I'll just keep talking, and then okay. and then you'll know. Okay, Pat, how are you doing? Because you know I I'm then doing well. You're gonna fall asleep. What was that, Jeff? I said, well, if you keep talking, the rest of us are gonna fall asleep. <laughs> That's true. Ouch. That's true. <laughs> That's right. good to see you guys. It's good to see you guys. <laughs> and here, Pat. All right. Well, well it's this good is to see you guys too. Yeah. Good. Well, it's nice to have the group all together. It's been it's been a little while since we had the whole oh, group yeah, together. It it's not quite as often anymore. So, um, all right. Very very quickly, we spoil the movies that we talk about. So, yeah, if you haven't seen To Kill a Mockingbird, I really don't know what you've been doing for the last sixty years. And apparently, you never went to either middle school or high school. Um, and we're, if we bring up any other movies as well, we'll just we're going to talk freely. So that's uh, that's your only warning there. Uh, visit our website if you have not already, 30podcast.com. Uh, since the people listening to this will most likely be our Patreon co-executive producers, you probably have already been there before. If you want to share this with other people, it's a quick and easy 30podcast.com. Um, and then you can get other people to get access to these special Patreon-only episodes. Because uh, from our website, you can leave a rating, a voicemail, become a co-executive producer. 
So share that out if you've got somebody else that you think that would really enjoy getting these extra special episodes that you get from the Patreon feed. So, um, And then sometimes we put out a quick little uh, preview episode. We do a portion of the episode just to kind of whet people's appetites. And uh, so you may be listening to this if you are listening to that preview episode. So if you are not yet one of our Patreon co-executive producers, you can head over to our website and do that right now. All right. Um, I think we could just go ahead and jump right in to our To Kill a Mockingbird stuff here. Before we do. Yeah. What do you got? Um, so I, I was listening to your uh, your Hoffa episode, and yeah. you guys were highlighting some uh, movies of 2021, some of the standouts that you, uh, that you guys all saw. And I just want to do yeah. a little shout out, even though this is only going to be for our, uh, our Patreon folks, which, hey, maybe you're the only ones that deserve this information um but on netflix there's a really really great movie musical called tick tick boom um tick tick boom has been around for quite a while and it, it was uh it was written by jonathan larson autobiographical uh story of of what he went through to follow his ambition and his dreams of of writing shows and uh, you know, we all know him as the uh, composer of Rent. Um, Tick, Tick, Boom came along before Rent did for him. And I've been a huge fan of the show for quite some time. When I found out a movie version was being made, I was skeptical. When I found out that it was being directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, I was a bit more hopeful. And I just, it came out in December. Does that sound right? I think I don't so. remember. I th- yeah, I, no. I remember seeing something about it. West Side Story came out in December. Tick, tick, oh, well, I remember. Yeah. Anyway, really, really, really well done. Um, they they really got the heart of Jonathan Larson. Andrew Garfield, who plays Jonathan Larson, just did a tremendous, tremendous job um, portraying, you know, the the starving artist and, you know, how far are you willing to and how much are you willing to sacrifice to get your, to make your dreams happen? You know, that that's kind of one of the questions that it, it, it asks and deals with throughout. Um, so Netflix, tick, tick, boom. Even if you're not a movie musical person, I think that um, you can appreciate the movie just for how it's made just for the the story and really the the acting like i said andrew garfield just did a a dynamite job so that i had high hopes for it and it surpassed my high hopes so that that was one of the best of 2021 for me release date was november 12th november 12th yeah and just no just just so I have it, Andrew Garfield, he's one of, he was the second Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he played, what's his name, in the social network, he played the buddy that then was the enemy that then, right? Do I have the right Andrew Gar- Garfield? Yes. Right. Oh, yeah, there we go. Anyway, nice. all right, let's kill a mockingbird. Yeah. Oh, nice. Cool, man. All right. Well, jumping into To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, this one came out on the 25th of December, 1962. Uh, it was There's no rating for it. It had a runtime of two hours and nine minutes. Directed by Robert Mulligan. 
Um, it almost doesn't make much sense for me to start listing out like when everyone died because a lot of them are dead. Uh, Robert Mulligan died in 2008. He directed The Nickel Ride and Summer of 42. And then producers on this one were Harper Lee, who died in 2016, Robert Mulligan, Alan J. Pakula, who died in 1998, and Gregory Peck, who died in 2003. Uh, Lee produced To Kill a Mockingbird. Mulligan produced The Other and The Nickel Ride. Pakula produced Sophie's Choice and Presumed Innocent. And Peck produced The Dove and Behold a Pale Horse. Writers for this one, Harper Lee wrote the novel. Horton Foote wrote the screenplay. He died in 2009. Uh, Foote also wrote the screenplays for Of Mice and Men and Tender Mercies. Cinematography was done by Russell Harlan, who died in 1974. He also did cinematography for The Thing from Another World and Witness for the Prosecution. Editor was Aaron Stell, who died in 1996, did Touch of Evil and Silent Running. Music was done by Elmer Bernstein, who died in 2004, did the music for The Magnificent Seven and Ghostbusters. Budget for this one was $2 million. Box office was $13.1 million. Flick Metrics gives it an 85%. CinemaScore did not exist when this one came out. Starring Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch. He was in Roman Holiday, The Guns of Navarone. John Megna, who died in 1995, played Dill Harris. He was in The Cannonball Run and Smokey and the Bandit 2. Frank Overton died in 1967. He was Sheriff Heck Tate. He was in Star Trek, the original series, and The Last Mile. Rosemary Murphy died in 2014. She was Maudie Atkinson. She was in Afterlife and Mighty Aphrodite. Ruth White died in 1969. She played Mrs. DuBose. She was in Midnight Cowboy and Hang 'em High. Brock Peters, who died in 2005, played Tom Robinson. He was in Soylent Green and Star Trek VI. Estelle Evans, who died in 1985, played Calpurnia. She was in The Learning Tree and The Clairvoyant. Paul Fix died in 1983, played Judge Taylor. He was in El Dorado and Red River. Colin Wilcox Paxton died in 2009. She played Mayella Violet Ewell. She was in Jaws 2 and Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. James Anderson died in 1969, played Bob Ewell. He was in Little Big Man and Take the Money and Run. Robert Duvall played Boo Radley. Um, he was in The Apostle and The Godfather. Mary Batham played Scout Finch. She was in Let's Kill Uncle and some episodes of The Twilight Zone. And then Philip Alford played Jem. He was in Fair Play and Shenandoah. Scout Finch and her older brother Jem live in sleepy Maycomb, Alabama, spending much of their time with their friend Dill and spying on their reclusive and mysterious neighbor, Boo Radley. When Atticus, their widowed father and a respected lawyer, defends a black man named Tom Robinson against fabricated rape charges, the trial and tangent events expose the children to the evils of racism and stereotyping. Ladies and gentlemen, Gregory Peck. The world never seems as fresh and wonderful, as comforting and terrifying, as good and evil, as it does when seen through the eyes of a child. For a writer to capture that feeling is remarkable. And perhaps that is why one book in the last few years has been so warmly embraced by tens of millions of people. To Kill a Mockingbird, winner of the Pulitzer Prize and just about every other award a book can win. And now, happily, To Kill a Mockingbird becomes a motion picture and its memorable characters come vividly alive. That Scout, some people call her Jean Louise Finch, but she insists on Scout. And that's her brother, Jim. Just a boy until the day he learns there is evil in the world. 
and Atticus Finch, the father, whose devotion to justice places him and his children in jeopardy. I've been appointed to defend Tom Robinson. Now that he's been charged, that's what I intend to do. You've taken his to... excuse me, Mr. Ewell. What kind of man are you? You got children of your own. Atticus Jim says this watch is going to belong to him someday. That's right. What are you going to give me? There's a pearl necklace. There's a ring that belonged to your mother. You want to tell us what really happened? I got something to say. And if you ain't gonna do nothing about it, then you're just a bunch of lousy, yellow, stinking cowards. I was about to ask, so was that considered the movie trailer for it? More of a introduction by Gregory Peck, who I could listen to talk about anything. Yeah, yeah, he could read yeah. the phone book and that would yeah. be fine. Yeah, because that was still, that was still like there was a stretch of time where I feel like they did, and see, 60s seems a little late to do that, but I know like in the 40s and sometimes in the 50s where they would bring in the lead actor and the trailer would be the lead actor just kind of introducing you to the movie. Um, I want to say there was a movie that we did that that was the trailer because I'm like having some deja vu that we had discussed. I remember that yeah. on another movie. I think there was there might have been a trailer for uh, It's a Wonderful Life that did that where Jimmy Stewart came on and talked about it. Okay, maybe that's what yeah. I was thinking of then. But yeah, I think it's pretty common for a lot of TV shows and all that stuff back then because I know that uh, it just reminds me a little of like um, every week, The Twilight Zone, um, Rod Serling would introduce yeah. next week's episode. Yeah. Next week, we're going to meet a man named da 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 da. And he's going to be faced with this and this and that. You know, stay tuned and, you know, yeah. hope to see you next week type of thing. Yeah. 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 All right. It's well, cool. let's get let's get started with our, we'll, we'll kind of do a little bit of a twist on our usual first questions. Um, when was the first time that you saw this movie? Was it, I mean, for a lot of people, I would imagine some of the folks that are listening to this, uh, their first exposure to probably both the book and the movie most likely came through a middle school or high school class. I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that. Um, I, I know for me, that was the first time I ever saw it was in a high school class. Cause I mean, it's, it, it had been required reading for such a long time, but um, when was the first time you saw it? Was it outside of kind of that school setting of, of reading the book for a class or, or was it because you read the book and then your teacher showed you the movie? My first exposure other than pop culture reference to this was two weeks ago. Um, I had never seen the movie and I had a very strange path through English in high school. Never read it. Okay. Um, I missed out on a few things. Um, I never read this. I never read the Scarlet Letter. And um, a lot of people read Great Gatsby early. Um, I didn't read it till an elective class senior year. Um, there's a few others, but those are the ones that have always stuck out to me that I just never read and never got around to reading again. This was always on my list of things it seems like everybody's read that I hadn't. So... I'm gonna Bo. I'm gonna ask you a quick question. That elective yeah. class, that elective class you took senior year, yeah. w- would that happen to have been the class that you were in with my lovely wife that was next door to the acting class that I was in, and we kept interrupting your class because we were making really loud animal noises? It would have been yes. yes oh, okay, it was. excellent, excellent. I was just curious. 
Yeah, we had fun in that class. Okay. And I I have always maintained one of the reasons I enjoy the book of The Great Gatsby as much as I do is that I read it a little more mature. Mm-hmm. I think early in high school, you don't get some of what The Great Gatsby is trying to tell you. What about your other guys? Jeff, when was the first time you watched this? Um, so similar to Bo, I, I was on a different uh, English class track in high school, and I missed out on a lot of these as well. So it wasn't until post-high school that I read first read the book. Um, and I'm trying to remember if, it was, if I read it for a, a college English class or just picked it up and read it on my own. I don't, I've, I've read it a couple of times. It's, it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite pieces of American literature. Um, and then same thing for the movie. I, you know, found the movie, watched the movie on my own at some point during college. Um, and, you know, it's one that I've, I've watched many times, you know, it's I, at least once a year, I try to uh, go back and watch it again. Um, and it's it, it's such a great film, such a great story. The novel is excellent. Bo, did you say you you never got around to reading it? You no, did. it just it always I always missed it, never picked it up. So this was I'm, my first I'm exposure to it. I'm going to say something very cliche, but I mean it. You should read it. Yeah, I after seeing the movie, I've definitely decided I need to. If if you know, I with with all of my kids, my first two, and then the one on the way, I've always trying to convince Katie to name our, our son Atticus. You know, um, because I just, I so strongly love that character that, you know, of, of course she's like, no, we are not doing that. You, get a, um, you could have gotten a middle name out of the deal. Maybe. Um, well, I've tried for like, well, how about Gregory? Oh, <laughs> there you go. Gregory um, Atticus. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I, I stumbled across it in college, I think. Post high school, I know that. Uh, and I'm just so happy that I did because it's, it's, it's such a tremendous experience to watch the film and read the novel. You could name one of the kids Peck. And then, and then when they get in your way as you're walking through the house, you can be like, out of the way, Peck. Peck. <laughs> it's, you're, yeah. you're, you're killing multiple birds with at least one stone. Well, so. Katie's maiden name was Sheck. So for a long time, oh. I was like, out of the way, Sheck. <laughs> anyway. Very nice. Pat, Dennis, what, what's your experience with Mockingbird? Interesting. Mine is very much like Bo's um, and yours, like in the sense that it was never required reading or anything that we did in middle school or high school. Um, and then I saw it probably just after high school at home with family. My dad loved Gregory Peck and loved all those films. And so we ended up seeing it then, obviously blown away by the film. Kept saying I was going to read it, never got around to reading it, saw it again, relatively in the next year or two, you know, because it was like that impressive movie. Um, And then, you know, and then you're seeing other things, doing other things, and life kind of takes off and never got to sit down and read that. I started going into different kind of a genre of books and reading different things and never kind of my made my, my made my way back to that to the actual novel um and then saw it again with my kids you know so i've probably seen it probably about four times in its entirety all the way through two two twice as a single person um in the early 20s and then 
late teens, early twenties, and then it would have been um, twice as a as a father. So, and and like you said, you know, it's kind of on that list of books that if I go back and read something, that would be, you know, I get more into the novel. And that would be the one that's on that list that I would like to read. Yeah, you know, I think part of it. I don't know if it's both too, because I, I know that books are always, you know, there's always variations, but. I've never, I don't know from people I've talked to, they said that the book pretty much in the, in the movie are, you're getting the same story, which I know there's a different experience reading a book versus watching a film. But I think that's always been the, where it's been more on the shelf because I always, and again, maybe you can correct us tonight or me tonight, but um, does it veer much, you know, like what is the, is it just the book over the film experience, which I totally get and, and agree with, but like, is there going to, like, if somebody tells me, Hey, you know, you watch this film, but man, it's very different in the book. Then I want to read the book to know what the difference is in the movie that I like, you know, I like kind of see how it's different, but I've heard from people that it's not extremely different in terms of plot story, everything else. So I think that's always been the subconscious excuse to not finally sit down and read it. You know what I'm saying? It's I always wanted that, like, if I had that extra little push or motivation to go, like, what's different, man? I guess what's different. I'd, I mean, I'd say the book is, it's not, it's not like drastically different. Um, I'd say you're just getting more depth and you're getting a couple of subplot type things that you're not getting in the movie. Like, they might get mentioned in passing in the movie. Like, some of, uh, some of Scout's worries about, um, you know, having to, she didn't want to grow up to be a, a, a Southern lady, you know, as Southern ladies would be defined. I think that's a little bit of a stronger, that has more of a stronger you know, presence in the book than it does in the movie. It still gets mentioned, you know, every now and then, but, um, and then I think some of the other stuff about the, you know, the black community in particular is it's much more in depth in the book than it is in the movie. Um, those are the just two I can think of right now, but I mean, it's as with most, books that get turned into movies, you just get more of an opportunity to flesh things out in the book than yeah. you do the movie. It's usually more character development, that type of thing, but yeah. plot, um, there's no major differences in plot or um, no. No. no, not really. Yeah. No, I think there's a couple, if I'm, I remember reading somewhere that there's a couple of characters they combined into one into the, in the movie, a couple other little things like that, so that intrigues me a little bit. But... Isn't there more with the Radleys in the book, John? I think there's more with the Radleys, and I think, don't you get more, you also get more with um, Atticus's family as well. Yeah. Like you, you get a little bit more in-depth about him interacting with some of his relatives and them being kind of upset about what he's doing and, and thinking that he's being kind of foolish. Um, so, yeah, you get some of the characters that you don't really see too much or you don't get a whole lot of other backstory to you get more of that or you get a little bit more of the history from the book. Patrick, what about you? What, when was the first time that you saw this movie? So, uh, I don't know with the movie and God, I'd be honest with you. This might be the first time I saw the movie. Okay. Maybe. Um, I, it was funny. I was over in the bookshelf looking through for my copies. I'm like, man, I kept a bunch of books and, uh, from, uh, from literature classes in high school and all that. And I found, uh, the copy of the kill a mockingbird with notes in the margin and all that kind of stuff. Um, over on the bookshelf. The funny thing is though, it's my brother's copy of killing mockingbird with all the notes in the margin 
but I, I don't know, maybe he has my copy or maybe my copy's gone, which it'll be kind of interesting because it's like right next to everything. So I, I mean, I remember, uh, I remember reading it in high school. I had, uh, I was, I was blessed with some pretty awesome teachers in high school, especially like literature and, uh, uh, yeah, lit teachers and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, um, so I really enjoyed the discussions and, you know, kind of learning what I could from, from learning what I could, how does that, boy, that sounds arrogant, learning everything that I know about this literature from the awesome teachers that I had in high school. So I really remember kind of discussing this one inside and out. Uh, I do remember making tons of notes in the margin, even though I don't know where my book went. And then I was also exploring to see, well, did, was it a hand-me-down? Like I'm looking through and I'm seeing some stuff that's kind of in my handwriting. So I wonder if my copy went to my brother. And so now, now I really want to go back and read the book uh, even more and read all of my old notes and his notes or whatever. I'm getting off the track here, but the point is I read it in high school. I remember really liking it. I remember talking about it with my family and, and all that. The movie, I don't remember seeing. I, I mean, you know, to Dennis's question, when I watched it, I was like, yeah, I, I remember all these parts. I remember this. So either maybe we watched it in high school and I just kind of blended in, or maybe I caught it, you know, bits and pieces on TV uh, throughout the years. Um, and it all blended together, but that's been, but that's been my, uh, my experience with it. So. Yeah, mine was, I mean, I had read it, I want to say sophomore year of high school. Um, I think that's the, that's when I took the American lit class and that's when we read, you know, uh, Scarlet Letter and, Great Gatsby and um, To Kill a Mockingbird and all that stuff. And, you know, I I enjoyed it in high school, but, Bo, kind of to your point, I think that was if I had read it for the first time a couple years later, I think it might have been a little bit more meaningful to me. Um, however, when I did, so the last year that I was teaching in the classroom, I got moved back up to eighth grade, and in my eighth grade Actually, I think I might have done this with all the classes, but in my eighth grade class, we ended up reading To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, and so I had a chance to read the book multiple times that year and see the movie multiple times because when we finished reading the book, then I would, you know, show clips or show part of the movie. And one of the others, because one of the things that we kind of talked about when we were talking about this in the class with the students, one of the things we talked about kind of missing a little bit from this movie was the experience of what might have happened in the jury room, you know, as they were deliberating on things. So I actually, when we watched this movie, I paired it with 12 Angry Men. And we kind of, we kind of did both of those together back to back. Um, and I think it seemed like the kids really enjoyed that. Some of them really liked To Kill a Mockingbird. Some of them really liked 12 Angry Men. Um, but it seemed to have kind of a natural pairing of those two together. So I've, I've seen the movie... Gosh, how many times? This probably the watching it this time was probably my fifth or sixth time seeing the movie, um, and I read the book a couple of times too. And it is is one of those that like, um, you know, I don't know if it would be, I don't know if it would be my my top book or necessarily even in my top five, but it's definitely up there of you know top books in in American literature. And yeah, I'm, I'll echo exactly what Jeff said. You know, anytime I think of an inspirational, I think we actually might've posted this somewhere. I might've asked you guys a while back, like inspirational movie characters. And I think Atticus Finch is one of the ones that immediately comes to mind. Um, you know, I, I always, I also used to kind of picture him as, you know, what's the reason, 
times where I've had a discussion about, you know, who do you like, Superman or Batman? I'm like, well, I always lean towards Superman because he's the optimistic one. He's the, you know, Batman is the one that's fighting in the shadows and, and, you know, he's the, a little bit more pessimistic one. Superman is the optimistic, you know, trying to right wrongs and, and, you know, bring justice to the forefront. And I always kind of pictured, especially Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch. I'm like, that's gotta be somebody's model for Clark Kent. Like when you do some of the more modern takes on, on a Clark Kent type character, he just, he looks like he could be a Superman to me. If Gregory Peck had ever wanted to play Superman, I think he could have completely pulled it off. Um, but just the I character of Atticus. A, a great Kingdom Come Superman. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I just had that visual in my head, like, uh, the, like when that Superman, uh, that, that would have been awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, no, so I've, I've seen this one several times. Love the movie. Um, and I was kind of, I was talking with Sharon a few days ago, and I'm like, okay, so I know, especially when we get to the courtroom scene, some of the stuff that's discussed, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if both of the kids are ready to watch this with us. I think John would be fine watching this with us. He's a freshman in high school now. Um, so I'm like, well, he would definitely be Nora. I think Nora would like the movie, but I think, you know, just getting into some of the topics we're talking about with the trial, I'm like, yeah, it's maybe a little early for that. Um, cause she I'm is what, what the, she, she fifth grade now. So the whole, the idea of rape yeah. or the idea of the, the blatant racism. Um, that I, a little bit of both, a little bit more the, the rape part of it. Um, you know, and the, and the implication that you get that it was her father, um, you know, and that the type of conversations that that would bring up. Um, so I was like, yeah, that's, we're probably not ready for, for that just yet. Um, John would be fine. We'd be able to have a conversation about it, but I think fifth grade, maybe just a little bit too young for, for some of that. So I ended, I ended up just watching it myself instead of watching it with the rest of them. But I feel like it would be a good one to watch with John. Thank you so much for listening to the 30 something movie podcast, Patreon exclusive preview episode. This is a shorter version of the episode that's going to be coming out for our Patreon co-executive producers this month for To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, if you want to get access to those bonus episodes, then please head on over to 30podcast.com slash donate. Um, and that takes you to our Patreon page where you can take a look at the different tiers that we've got if you want to support the show in that way. Um, we thank you all for supporting week in and week out, listening to the show and sharing it with friends and social media. Um, and just word of mouth, things like that. But at the same time, if you do want to, if you feel led to uh, just throw a little bit our way each month, just as another way of saying thank you, um, we have a couple of different tiers on our Patreon page. We've got the moral support tier, which is $3 per month. We have the listener's choice tier, which is $5 per month in that one. Um, I, for the first one, for moral support, we, we give you a shout out on the show. You get featured on our patrons page on our website. And uh, then if you do the listener's choice, $5 per month, you get to pick a movie from our year to have us discuss. As you continue supporting us at this level, your listener's choice privilege renews each year. Um, and then you can do the $8 per month, and that's the join the team for an episode. You kind of become a co-host for a special episode. 
If you support us at that one, we bring you on the show as a co-host. As you continue supporting, that join as a co-host privilege renews each year. With all of these, with any amount, even if it's not the $3 per month, even if it's just like $1 a month or $2 a month, you get access to the special members-only podcast that comes out every single month. So um, if you will, if if you feel like that's something that you, if you've been enjoying the podcast for a while um, and you just you want to support the podcast in another way, and uh, all of that goes back to helping to improve the show and make it a better experience for all of you as the listeners. So um, if you feel so led, uh, please uh, take a look at that and just consider if you might be able to help us out and just join in uh, at whatever level is comfortable and appropriate for you at this time. We know that there's a lot of people that are struggling out there um, after the pandemic and everything else. So, um, you know, we, we know that uh, money is precious and, and resources are precious. So uh, we appreciate all of our listeners and everybody that interacts with us on social media. So in whatever way you can support the show, help us out um, and just interact with us. That's, that's the most fun part for us. On that note, Thank you, everybody, so much. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time.